0: Instances of workplace violence, whether in an office or on location, present an unnerving possibility for American workers. The fatal occurrences often get the most press, such as the recent murder of two journalists or the high-profile rash of postal workers who killed their former colleagues and managers back in the 80s and 90s. However, lesser degrees of workplace violence can be nearly as damaging and lead to the more heinous crimes.
1: We've actually had uh, situations where the employee's been terminated, and for a certain period of time after that, they've had covert surveillance units placed on them, actual people watching them, covertly of course, to, you know, if that person starts heading to the liquor store, then to the gun store, and it starts heading for the property, you're stopping that individual, whether calling the local law enforcement or having having security lockdown down that facility. A key thing to remember about workplace violence that we tell all our clients that like this is workplace violence does not happen at random or out of the blue. perpetrators typically display behaviors of concern and awareness of those indicators lead to early detection. And then of course, implementation of your intervention program to eliminate the problem.
0: Thanks for listening to LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma. This edition of Management Decisions takes a look at the ways in which businesses can prevent, recognize, and manage workplace violence, whether it's in those early stages or it escalates into a crisis situation. On the phone to give us his expert view is Jason Porter. He's a regional managing director for Pinkerton, which is an industry-leading provider of risk management services and solutions for organizations throughout the world. Jason, thanks for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me on. We we appreciate it.
0: Now, when we're talking about workplace violence, how important is it to differentiate the kinds of workplace violence that may occur, or maybe the definition of uh, how you would look at workplace violence and how it's determined when you're looking at statistics, research, that kind of thing?
1: When we take a look at at workplace violence, we classify workplace violence as all violent behavior and threats of violence, as well as any conduct that can result in injury, damage to property, even induce a sense of fear, or otherwise impede the normal course of work.
0: Any type
1: of behavior, whether that's verbal, physical, or even nowadays, cyber, Mm. that really affects the way that, that your employees feel at work or actually perform in your workspace.
0: If we take it more into the business side of things for the managers and the owners out there that are listening, what can you point to as some of the maybe signs of problem behaviors at work, things that might indicate there is an issue going on or something more serious could happen down the line?
1: Well, I I think one of the the key things to to remember about workplace violence is there's no any one indicator that would indicate that, you know, if if I see somebody doing this particular action, they're a candidate for workplace violence. There's no foolproof method for predicting workplace violence. There are actions that employees and employers can take certain that they can take to mitigate those, those responses or, or possibly prepare the, uh, the workplace for any potential violence or, or kind of mitigate the, the likelihood of, of workplace violence.
0: What percentage then of businesses would you say are maybe underprepared for instances of workplace violence, whether it's policies or just not the proper training? And also, what would you say are the common areas that they're often lacking?
1: I wouldn't really be able to give you a, a percentage. Uh, across, the, say, the U.S. Sure. for businesses that are or not prepared, I know that since it is a more prolific topic, um, we do get a lot, lot more requests for either training in or helping develop policies and procedures. I mean, one of the key points that that we um, speak about, when especially when talking about either risk assessment or a workplace violence response incident, is that a policy has to be in place to address any uh, key indicators. Be, have an action plan firmly laid out, especially with the legal counsel. Right. And then that policy, that policy in and of itself that you have for, for employees or anybody that's working inside that workplace is a no tolerance policy that certain behaviors of concern will not be tolerated. And especially when it comes along the lines of threats, threats of violence or actual violent outbursts or physical, physical actions will not be tolerated. And that the policy's got to have bark as well as bite, if you will.
0: Well, let's get into a little bit maybe of details as much as you can, obviously. We're talking about some of the components that you should have in terms of policies and, again, looking to maybe recognize or at best, obviously, prevent any types of workplace violence going on. Where does it start? Does it start even before you bring employees in? Does it start in a training program? And where do you kind of lay things out when you go from the start of trying to prevent this type of thing?
1: Well, we start taking a look at the policies that, that that you have to have in place. That policy needs to clearly de- define what unacceptable behavior that is prohibited by that policy. This is where we play the the what if game. If you if you remember as a kid, or if you have kids, you look at you know they ask you what if this, what if that, what right. if this, this this. When you when you're developing your workplace violence policy, you've really got to look at all potential angles that could create this hostile work environment, or this potential for danger, or really think to play the uh, the what if game and. Any kind of behavior that might be considered unacceptable needs to be prohibited by that policy. So you've really got to get into it. Now, you can or you cannot. Now, this depends on where you are or type of workspace you have, but you can regulate or prohibit weapons on site. That may work, that may not. Require the prompt reporting of suspect suspect violations of the policy in any circumstances that raise concern for safety from violence. And, And in doing that, you've got to provide multiple avenues for reporting. Human resources, security. If you have a threat management team, members of that threat management team, Members of uh, the management team. You've got to give people the ability to report and assure them that any reports made under that policy will be treated with the highest degree of discretion and mm-hmm. will promptly be investigated. Because once, once you've been notified that, hey, there might be a problem, you've now got a responsibility to act. Right. You got to include the commitment to not retaliate against an employee who makes a good faith report under the policy. And then of course, it's got to have bias. You got to impose discipline for the policy violations as appropriate, and then up to including termination
0: if you have to. Sure. Along those same lines, let's say someone does seem to be having some of these behaviors that are, are issues or concerns, or, or maybe employees have raised some of those concerns themselves. Is there a process where you start monitoring that person? Do you make them aware of the situation right away if, if they're the ones causing the trouble? And I understand every situation is going to be a little bit different, but is there sort of a process that one can go through so that it doesn't escalate too quickly?
1: And that's going to come down to the, the stance of your individual corporation. Obviously, when, when, you have, when you have an indicator of a problem or you've got a report of a problem, mm-hmm. you need to form your threat management team, if you will. Get the perspective from the human resources perspective. Get the perspective from the frontline manager of that person. Get the perspective from upper-level management and even your, your legal, if you need to, to determine what, what your next steps going to be. I mean, because the, the actual behavior is concerned can really... Across a very large spectrum, if there's a, a violent outburst, or you've got someone posting on social media direct threats or even a veiled threat, then immediate action needs to be taken. Sure. But if it's just if you're just seeing some some behaviors that that could just be an indicator of, of other problems, maybe familial problems or anything to that effect, then it, it's going to each situation is going to dictate. But again, that's going to fall along the uh, the policies of your corporation and, and and where you're at as a corporation.
0: You know, as you mentioned, also, you, you might have employees who, you know, everything's been perfectly fine, seemingly, and, but it might be a layoff situation and that can obviously cause some, some emotional, uh, you know, distress when it comes to those employees and soon to be ex-employees. Is there a way to help those individuals maybe transition or, or maybe just make sure there's not so many hard feelings that it could cause something to, you know, for someone to come back at some point? Uh, what are kind of the steps you can look at there?
1: Again, the way, the way, uh, especially in a, in a reduction in force situation where it's a business decision that's causing the, the loss of the loss of this employment for this person, again, acting with compassion mm-hmm. is always the, the key benefactor on that. A mitigating factor would be, you know, is this person receiving a, a severance package? Is this person, you know, is, is there some kind of transition phase that we're putting this person through? Sure. Anything that you can do, help help an employee in a, in a reduction of force scenario is, is taking steps in, in the right direction. Again, uh, along with the, the way your, your company methodology may work and may need it to go.
0: How about in an instance where it does seem like this person could be a threat? In recent headlines, you had the, the shooting of the two journalists in Virginia. Now, that, that individual, he came back two years later, whatever it was. So it's not exactly like that. But in a similar situation where somebody, clearly there were issues, there was concerns for an individual coming back. Is there a crisis management plan you have to have in place there that you know, you're kind of prepared for it? You're ready for it, even planning for it and, and treating it like a fire drill. I mean, do you take it that far?
1: When you have a situation that you're concerned about, so now we're moving into a realm that we're going to separate with this particular individual. We have concerns for whatever reasons, whatever factors came together that that have caused a level of concern that we're that we're worried that this person may react in, in a non acceptable manner. There are several steps that you can that you can take. I've seen where All the way from something as simple as having a a contract security provider, maybe in plain clothes, in the lobby for a little bit after the termination or outside the room for the termination, or even in the room for the termination, depending on how much concern you have for that individual, all the way up to, we've actually had uh, situations where the employee has been terminated and for a certain period of time after that, they've had covert surveillance units placed on them, actual people watching them, covertly, of course. You know, if that person starts heading to the liquor store, then to the gun store, and it starts heading for the property, you're stopping that individual, whether calling the local law enforcement or having, having security locked down that facility before a in, uh, specific incident could take place. Sure. So, I mean, there's, there's many ways to, to take a look at the situation and determine what, what the appropriate response is going to be. But again, it, it's better to, to have and not need than need not have when it comes to a situation, especially if you're concerned about, say, an individual coming back into the facility to cause harm right. because obviously uh, protection of life is the number one priority on that.
0: And how about in general, uh, you know, sort of planning for the worst, having that crisis management in play? Um, is that something that is suggested people practice, have listed, have laid out so that if something that unfortunate were to happen, then everybody's sort of ready for that situation?
1: Yeah, and that's got to be part of your emergency, uh, emergency response plan it is a workplace violence incident that caused uh, injury or loss of life. No one likes to think about it, but right. you always want to have you always want to have your plans laid out in advance. And I'm I'm talking, but that's before that you go into a situation where you have to terminate somebody. You should have a policy in place that say, if this situation happens, if we separate from somebody, they react in a violent manner. Here's our recovery steps. Here's who's going to talk to the media. You know, here's what we're going to be able to provide to the employees or victims on the ground your business continuity plans got to to pull right into that as part of your risk management plan in general.
0: Jason, I think you've given us some good insight into this area. Obviously, it can be very tricky. As you said, a lot of people don't often even want to talk about it, think about it, uh, but having those plans in place and policies as well, uh, extremely important. I want to give you the floor here at the end. If you were to give our listeners, again, many of whom are managers and upper level individuals at businesses, what would you offer to them in terms of what they should be thinking about or first steps or what they need to have in place if you are concerned about any type of workplace issues?
1: Having the, the policy in place in advance that gives you the, gives you the ability to then intercede or, or intervene once a, um, a concern has been raised. That gives you the ability to stop the cycle of violence, if you will. Once you see those critical behaviors of concern, you have, you've trained your employees on what workplace violence is, what the policies are uh, in regards to it. They have avenues to report it. And there is a situation that comes up that is is, is of concern. You're able to react to that situation before the situation actually becomes violent. And obviously that that's going to reduce the number of your incidences or hopefully reduce the number of your incidences. And key thing to remember about workplace violence that we tell all of our clients that, like this is workplace violence does not happen at random or out of the blue. Perpetrators typically display behaviors of concern and awareness of those indicators lead to the early detection. And then, of course, implementation of your intervention program to eliminate the problem. Another key point, if, if I might, a lot of people think about workplace violence as one employee Reacts poorly to a situation or reacts violently to a situation and it affects other employees. When thinking about workplace violence, workplace violence can come from internal, employee versus employee, it can come from external, if you're especially client facing, customer versus your employee base or former customer or public versus your employee place. One of the, unfortunately, one of the, uh, a lot of the times what we see is spouses or domestic partners of employees bringing the violence into your place because of a domestic violence situation. Even though it has nothing to do with your business, if one of your employees is having a domestic violence situation at at their home and there's indicators of that, you need to be concerned also will that spill over into your workplace and, and cause problems there.
0: Well, Jason, uh, again, some excellent information, and uh, I appreciate you differentiating some of those scenarios that may arise. Because as you said, people might have that one-track mind, but a lot of things may come up uh, over the course of a day, a week, a year, who knows how long that could lead to that. So thank you very much for coming on and sharing your insight with us. Thank you very much for having us on. We really appreciate it. And that is all the time we have today on this edition of Management Decisions. We were speaking with Jason Porter, Regional Managing Director for Pinkerton, and our conversation was around the idea of preventing, recognizing, and managing workplace violence. If you'd like to give us some feedback on this or any of our shows, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at the LJN, and you can find all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.